for the reading of God's Word. Thank you, Chrissy. If you turn your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. We're going to begin in verse 11. We're going to verse 12 and uh, in verse 13. 1 Timothy chapter 4. <clears throat> The Bible says in those verses, it says, These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word, in conversation, in charity, or in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to the reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. It's very clear what you want us to do, and I pray, Father, help us as your children, that we be doers of the word. Lord, bless the preaching of your word. May everything we do bring honor and glory to your name tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So on Sunday night, and what America is watching Super Bowl night, and uh, oh, believe me, we're not missing much. I better be in God's house with God's people. Uh, there we are. But tonight we're looking at the the mind, and uh, I have, we're, talking, we're, going to, we're going to talk about several minds, and tonight we come to a complacent mind. Uh, complacency is a, a very bad thing. Uh, we at work, for example, in my job, they keep saying, don't, don't be complacent because that's where accidents happen. You're too complacent about it that you forget and you, and you, get, and you hurt yourself. And they, they say usually uh, right before lunch, after lunch, or right before you leave, be careful because that's most accidents happen. I don't know. I don't, don't keep record of those things, but obviously they do. So you get, we get complacent of where we are and the surroundings of where we are, and we forget what we do, and we do everything automatic, and we, that's when we hurt ourselves. All right? So a complacent mind. Complacency, complacency is, a bright, is a bright that snaps energy, dulls attitudes, and causes a drain in our brain. We do just do things automatically. The first symptom is satisfaction with things as they are. The second is rejection of things as they might be. Good enough becomes today's watchword and tomorrow's standards. So complacency makes people fear the unknown, mistrust and untried, the untried, and arbor the new. So like water, complacent people follow the easiest course downhill. They draw false strength from looking back. So complacency, and this is something, folks, that can happen to all of us. It can happen to me, it can happen to you. Why do people, I say to people all the time, even in my job, all right, when we were kids, we play with toys. Especially boys, they have the toys, you know. Uh, when we get older, you still have toys, but they're different toys. But if you get complacent, they don't respect the toy, the toy can hurt you. It's not like the toy have a brain, you know. The toy is used for, for, for something that you use. But if we don't respect what that toy is capable of doing, then you can hurt yourself. Uh, I know a guy that they actually showed me his hand. You know what a table saw is. Anybody know what a table saw is? It cuts wood. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> you cut wood in. But anyway. Uh, well, there's a, there's a blade there. You can put a 5-inch blade, a 10-inch blade, a 12-inch blade. You can put a big blade on that thing. But, you know, 
You, the toy, you know, I mean the toy, the, the, when you turn it on, it goes around, right? It goes around, in a circle, it goes around. And it cuts anything that is in there. Well, usually, usually they have a red line, a red mark in there, in the, in the, in the if you, I mean, if it's an old one, it doesn't. But the new ones have a red area on which it says, keep your fingers out of it. But compla complacency doesn't, forgets that line, forgets that, and puts his hands right on. Well, that's, guy, that's what happened. And he, what ha you know what happened to him? He forgot his hand was on the red line, and what happened to him? He caught his hand. And so complacency, he was so complacent, so comfortable with it, he forgot that if you don't respect the tool, the tool would do its job, which is caught and caught his hand. So let's talk about complacent mind tonight. I want, you, I want you to go on that. So I just wanted to start this message tonight by saying that we live in a lazy, idolist society. Lazies and idolists, these, these two qualities are far too prevalent in this generation of ours. So students have a hard time doing their homework because they just don't feel like it. Adults are no longer a well-read uh, people because they prefer internet, TV, sitcoms over a good book. Good book is always a good book, okay? All right, if you like to read. Our generation has become experts of being ignorant. Okay, however, the Apostle Paul personally demonstrates how to avoid having a lazy and idle mind. This lesson focused on how Paul challenged his mind such the scriptures, by searching the scriptures and give attendance to the reading and develop a sound mind. So one great reality is that both the body and the brain have a tendency to be lazy. You follow that? Our brain... Uh, tells our body not to do it, and our body says, yes, I like it. <laughs> All right? So modern te technology allows and encourages us to put our brain in neutral and let the television, the Internet, the video game, or cell phone to do the thinking for us. People boast of being uh, pro-minded, but are too lazy to think about what is right and what is wrong these days. That's why people say to you and me, who's right and who's wrong? You think you're right? I'm right. You know, nobody's wrong anymore. Okay, so, but we're going to look about this subject, and I don't want to think the subject here, about complacency. In Paul's second letter to Timothy, we, we, give, we get some insight into the aged apostle right here, and, the, and at the close of his life, he isn't sitting in a lazy boy, reclining, enjoying the social security, and planning his trip to, to Florida. He was not doing that. The frail, itching body is... Is, is, is crouching the corner of a cold, damp Roman prison here, waiting for execution. Paul was in his last days when he was about to, when he read this, or when he uh, wrote this uh, letters to uh, Timothy. So he was there. So let's look uh, tonight at this problem. I don't want to overtake us from what I'm saying here, but, well, tonight let's look at the subject of a complacent mind from several points, okay? A complacent mind. So the problem of com complacency. The problem of complacency. In a recent survey commissioned by the American Bible Society, people from all walks of life, from all over our country, were asked about how the Bible influenced their lives. They were given five areas to choose from and align themselves with those five areas. The first one, the first was Bible-centered. This means that they, they, they interact with the Bible frequently and it is transforming their relationship and shaping their choices. The second was 
Bible engaged. This means they interact with the Bible frequently, and it is transforming their relationship with God and others. The third was Bible-friendly. This means they interact with the Bible consistently in a way, uh, I'm sorry, it, and it, might, it may be a source of spiritual insight and wisdom. The fourth, was, the fourth area was area in Bible-neutral. This group interact, uh, interacts with Bible sporadically and has little spiritual influence. And the fifth area was the area of Bible disengaged. This group interacts with the Bible infrequently, if at all, and it has a minimal impact, and the Bible has a minimum impact on their lives. Here's the survey. On the, on the people surveyed, 5% were Bible-centered, 5%. 19% were Bible-engaged. Um, 19% were Bible-friendly. 9% were Bible-neutral. And listen to this. 48% were Bible-disengaged. 48%. Almost half said they interact with the Bible infrequently, if, all, if at all, and it has a minimal impact on their lives. Folks, and this was given to Christian people. There are many reasons for this, I assume, but as a Christian, I can't help but wonder if the way I have lived my life has influenced others to be Bible-centered and Bible-engaged people. Now, more than ever, we must love and live in a way that compels others and leads others into the saving relationship with Christ. But it seems that we as Christians have fallen into a sense of complacency. Okay, I'm not saying this to you. I'm general speaking here. Okay, I'm not pointing fingers here. I will not preach that way. I never will. But I'm saying about in generally speaking, we as Christians throughout this whole nation... What we do, and I see is a lot of apathy and a lot of complacency in the life of many Christians. We have become a society that is ever-growing in self-sufficiency, and we find careless security in that self-sufficiency. Okay, so I find interesting that about 3,000 years ago, King Solomon, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, warned us about being complacent. Listen carefully to this passage from Proverbs chapter 1, verse 32. It says, For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Verse 33 says, But whose hearken uh, unto me shall dwell safely, and shall be quiet from fear of evil. So hearken is just, a, is, is just like it sounds. It is going, it is going f uh, away from something. It, it, in, the, in this cause, it is going away from God and His ways. So, it is interesting for me that King Solomon used words that we have not as, we have, don't have today as a hearken, and then in the same sentence, used the word that means complacency. You know, we have to be careful of complacency that we read a Bible as a routine, that we come to church as a routine, and we're so complacent that we're not getting anything. You follow that? We're so used to that that we just go on with the, with the flow. We have to be careful. It's like in the workplace. We can do so things so many times, so many times, we don't even think. We do an automatic, and sometimes we hurt ourselves. And I've seen that happen. So, let me give you an example about complacency. I have, I have been told that if you put a frog, a frog, a real frog, in a pot of boiling water, he will jump as soon as you put him there. 
Would you? <laughs> I would too. Right out. All right? However, however, if you put that same frog in a cold pot of water and turn the heat gradually, he will stay there in the pot and unknowingly will die because he becomes adopted to his surroundings. So everybody's going home and do a science project tonight. But I tell you. <laughs> but you see, you see complacency? <laughs> he just gets so used to the water before you know, oh, it's so hot and dies. Oh, poor guy. Okay. So part of the problem of complacency is the result of instant gratification society. We want things our way the way we want right away. We don't want to work on building relationships because we are too busy doing other things than to put the, the time and effort into those relationships that is needed to make them special. So the Bible does say good things. The Bible doesn't say, I'm sorry, good things come to those who wait, right? right. No, you don't find a verse in the Bible. It's not there. Well, well, no one... No, you won't find it uh, uh, wordly exactly in the Bible, but you will find verses like this, all right? Lamentations 3.25. The Lord is good unto them that wait on Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. A complacent mind is not seeking the Lord. You follow that? I'm trying to be specific. A complacent mind is doing things automatic, because that's the way I always did it. And not thinking about what we do. That's why in my job we say all the time, complacency. Don't be complacent. We even have signs through the building. Don't be complacent. If you're complacent, you can hurt yourself. It's amazing. You know, but complacency. So, and uh, Psalm 37, 7 says this, these words, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not ourselves because of Him who prospered in His way, because the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So when we stop putting our hope in the Lord and wait patiently for Him, we have a tendency to become complacent people. So we need to be careful. Folks, if we don't be on guard, our devotion and zeal for the Lord can become routine and which lead us to complacency. When one becomes complacent, they don't even, we can come complacent, we don't even know it. Let me give you an example. I like to listen to my Bible. Because a lot of times I don't have time to read it, so somebody's reading it to me. But there's one thing I do. When I'm not listening to, I stop. Because here's what happened. You become complacent and you're not listening to anything that is saying. And you go, how could I get to this chapter? How I got there? The guy didn't stop. The guy didn't say, by the way, let me go get a cup of coffee or let me get a, a bottle of water and I, can, I will read something to you. Just wait a minute. The guy's not saying that because it's a recording, right? It's we, our mind zooms out and we become complacent about what we listen. We just keep on saying it, but we're not listening to your word. Complacency does that. You know one thing I do? When it happens that I stop immediately. Boom, put the finger out, stop. I need to stop because you know what? I'm not listening a word. So we stop, and when we try it again, we do it again. And if it, you know, it is a man. And I've been times that you so in the word, you know, you're listening, you you meditating on it. But there's times like you know what? You become complacent. That happened to you? 
<laughs> I got witness. Okay, it happens to all of us. Okay, okay. So you know what I'm talking about. Letter A, it sneaks on you. Complacency sneaks on you. As I said, the problem is not do, now, is that no, uh, is that I don't feel complacent. So we have to look inward, asking the Father to reveal us areas on which we can become complacent. The Bible says, "Search me, O God, and know my heart, and know my and try me, and know my thoughts." So, if we we have to say, "Lord, show me when I'm complacent," because it's easy to do that. I mean, it's easy for me to come here, do the preaching, do the singing, blah, blah, and go home and say, it was all good. And in the end go, I did those all automatically. Did I even thought about what I was doing? We have to be careful that we don't come complacent with things. Okay, so it sneaks on you. Here come some things you might find about complacency. Let me explain. You become too easily satisfied. You feel you are doing all that is necessary in your spiritual walk by coming to church once a week, praying occasionally. You feel like it, it is work, uh, it is the work of anyone but you to reach others for Christ. You no longer move, get moved by the message or song in service. You daydreaming in church, you're not listening to a word that's being said. You are quick to make excuses for your lack of growth. You are constantly critical and perhaps even, uh, even say that. It won't work for you. Challenges are, uh, challenges are allowed to become obstacles. Obstacles are, are, uh, are allowed to become barriers, and, and then those barriers become excuses. So you don't have enough time. You are too busy, but your time is not. Uh, uh, but your time is not strategically being used for the kingdom of God. And you see, we become complacent and complacent, and everything becomes an excuse. We do and we do and we do because we do it. And let me tell you. I am afraid, when, when even when I was not a pastor, when I sit in the pew and I begin to daydream. The pastor was preaching and I was daydreaming. Complacency. You too used, so now what I used to do, I used to get a, a piece of paper and a pen and I try to listen and pay attention. So I, I wanted to get as much as I could from the Lord and his preaching and his word because it's easy to go, all right, we're going to the preaching right now. And you daydream, and, and before you know, okay, it's time to sing. Let's go home. You see what complacency does? And you miss the whole thing. The whole thing. So since time has been fixed with work and busyness, it is easy to dismiss using it for the glory of God. And you and, and end up spending your time on what you have always done. You're no longer teachable in the, th in the things of the Lord. When you become complacent, we will resist being pushed, uh, pushed or challenged. We, have, we tend to know it all when we become complacent. Okay, I'm here. I know. It's a routine to us. Let it be. Complacent, complacency, it takes you off the road. It takes you off the road. Uh, I read of an interview several years ago uh, with a, a um, basketball coach. His name was Mike, and I don't want to ask me his last name because it's so difficult. But his, his first name was Mike. Was about uh, was uh, asked about a certain player winning his first championship, NBA championship. The real question, uh, the the real question, coach uh, uh, said, would you uh, would winning the first championship would affect him or the player? Well, uh, I'm sorry, will affect the coach? Would it quench the fire or would it start a bonfire? 
would be uh, would the desire to win more championships make him hunger more uh, or more uh, uh, or would he be satisfied with one when we become complacent without even realizing we let the fire of our zeal die that's what happens and that's what he said he said i must focus on the next one not on the previous one the previous one is already gone i got to focus on the next one and that's what most coaches do they come to the field and say, hey, we win the last one, but it's already history. That's a new one to, to conquer. They try to put that same zeal and, and picture in the mind of the players so they don't feel complacent to say, oh, we went one. We can win all of them now. See the complacency? We that good. You see, the Bible speaks harshly about the dangers of inwardness and complacency. It says inwardness kill and complacency destroys. Does that sound familiar? Let us see, complacency, it causes us to stop listening to the voice of God. Do you know the difference between hearing and listening? Listening means hearkens, attends, heeds, hears, and pays attention. Hearing is a physical process. Listening is a mental process where we attempt making means of what we hear. So we have to understand there is a difference between listening and hearing. Sometimes I, I, have, I have selective hearing. You know what that means? Okay. Sometimes even people say, you have selective hearing. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but sometimes I cannot hear anything but selective hearing. So, but when we listen, we pay attention. We open our minds. We open our eyes. We try to listen what is being said to us. We take it in. Complacency, different. We have selective hearing. The pastor is preaching. God is speaking. Somebody's reading the Bible to you, and it goes whoosht, over the head. Complacency. We too bend it too long, been in church for many years. I know it all. I already heard all these things, and it goes whoosht, whoosht, over our heads. Let me give you an example. Every Monday, we have a safety meeting in my job. Bang, right at 920. Blah, 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 blah. That's the meeting every Monday. You come so complacent that you're not listening a word. And if you're looking around, half of the people are sleeping. And I am not kidding you. And, and, and it doesn't matter what the person's trying to do. You can't wake these guys up. They're just like, it's, a, you know, it's the same thing, complacency. They heard so many times that they're not hearing anymore. All right? <laughs> well, it happened, believe me, it happens every, every Monday. Okay. <laughs> so, God's way is always better than my way, isn't it? So, it causes us to stop listening to the voice of God. Please, don't stop listening to the voice of God. Don't be complacent. Okay. Number one, the problem of complacency. Number two, the challenge of a searching mind. Look what it says in that text. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. These things, these things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Paul is very clear what he says here. To avoid becoming complacent and keeping our going for the Lord, let us learn 
these points together, okay? Giving attendance to reading, verse 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading. The following was found written uh, by a fly leaf of evangelist Billy Sunday. You ever heard of Billy Sunday? It was in his Bible after he died. Somebody found this. It says, 29 years ago, with the Holy Spirit as my guide, I enter at the portfolio of Genesis, walk through the carriers of the Old Testament, art galleries with pictures of Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joseph, Isaac, Jacob, and Daniel hung on the walls. I passed into the music room of Psalms where the Spirit swept the keyboards of, of nature until it seemed that every reed and pipe in God's great organ respond to the harp of David, the, the, the sweet singer of Israel. I enter the chambers of Ecclesiastes where the voice of the preacher is heard, heard and into the conversation conversation of shadow and the lily of the valley where sweet spices fill and perfume and perfume my life i enter in the business office of proverbs and unto the observatory of the prophets where i saw so telescope of various sizes pointing so far off even con concentrating on the on the on the bright and morning star which was to rise above the uh non-lit hills of Judea from our salvation and redemption. I entered the audience room of the King of Kings, catching a vision written by Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, dancing to the, uh, and the, and to the room where Paul, Peter, and John, and James and John uh, uh, written this, the, the, the epistles. I'm sorry. I step into the throne room of Revelation where the tower uh, of the glittering speaks where where sits the King of Kings upon the throne of glory with the healing of the nations in his hand, and I cry out to my God. Billy Sunday is found, was found in his Bible. We can see, give attendance to read it. Obviously, this man read his Bible. He read his Bible, and he put that, and it was found there. I'm quoting to you what, he, what was written there. What a blessing. So let it be, be committed to study. God's command us to be, to study, to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See, Jesus said, search the scriptures, for in them he think he have eternal life, and they are that which testify of me. So Jesus invites us to search the scriptures. Why? Because in the scriptures we found, find the Lord, and we find ways, uh, the Lord will teach ways for us to live. So, what is the job of every Christian? It is to be a student of God's word. Amen. Complacency doesn't study. Follow that? Complacency goes over your head. Oh, I read my verses for today. I read five verses. I read two chapters. I'm good. What did you learn? I don't know. Wow. What did you learn? I don't know. Complacency, I just read for read. You follow that? I just read for read. I learn nothing. And that's what happened with the dangers of complacency. You know what? You ever, you ever did in your house, you know, you do things without thinking. You do it so fast, then you put things away, can't even can't find them anymore. <laughs> complacency. You say, where in the world? Now I am on a search for my glasses. My eyeglass, I have no idea what I put it. I know I put it somewhere. But you know what? Complacency. I went everywhere, all fast. And you know what? I have no idea where I put it. This week was Friday. 
You know where the torpedo level is, right? Those who work torpedo level, about this small of a level. I got three of them at work. I got four. I'm sorry. <laughs> In case I lose one. But I, you know, I'm doing all this stuff, then I'm looking for this specific level. And I said, oh, level, I work with you today. Where did I put you? <laughs> and I'm looking around. I'm looking around. I look everywhere. And I was like, where did I put you? See, doing things automatically without thinking. And it's what I did. So I asked one of my coworkers, hey, did you see a level is yellow, like bright yellow? He goes, mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's my level. He goes, mm-hmm. I know what's your name on it. Do you have an idea where I put it? I said, he goes, over there. And I, oh. So I went to the store. I cut a couple of pipes. I used the lever to level everything up before I cut it. And guess what? I did it so fast. I didn't even remember cutting the, cutting the things. Complacency. You're working too fast. You do too many things. And you forget what you're doing. Same thing when it comes to Bible. I read my verses. I done my thing. What did you learn? Nothing. What book did you read? What chapter did you read? I don't remember. Complacency. We just go for, do it for do it. Okay? Number three. Okay, so number one, the problem of complacency. Number two, the challenge of a searching mind. And number three, the cure for complacency. Go to Amos, Amos chapter four. Go to Amos. All the way in the, in the Old Testament, Amos chapter four. And let's look at verse one. Okay? Let's go to Amos. If you can find Amos, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. You say, Pastor, where in the world is Amos? It's in the Bible. Isn't that good? <laughs> okay, if you get there, there you have it. You got it? All right. Okay, so, look what it says in Amos chapter 4, verse 1. Hear this word, any kind of bashing, that there are in the mountains of, of Samaria, which oppress the poor, which crush the needy, which say to their master, bring and let us drink. The Lord God has sworn by His holiness that, lo, the day shall come upon you, that we, that He will take you away with hooks and, and your prosperity with fish hooks. And you shall go out at the, at the breaches every, every cow uh, at, that, um, sorry, at, uh, at that which is before her, and, and ye, ye shall cast them into the, into the palace, saith the Lord." Come to Bethel and transgress at Gilgal. Multiply transgressions and bring your sacrifices every morning and your tithes after three years. And offer sacrifice of thanksgiving with living and proclaim and publish the free offering for this, uh, for this liked you, O ye children of Israel, saith the Lord God. So you see, there are, there are such a thing as apathy, complacent, or a stirred mind for the Lord. We must be careful that we don't feel full our minds with apathy and, complace, complace, and complacency. I'm sorry. Complacency, complacency is, a, is a, bright, that, that, uh, a bright bulb that snaps energy, dulls attitudes, and causes a drain on the brain. The first symptom is satisfaction with things as they are. We just keep doing, keep doing. We're satisfied right where we are. So the second is rejection of the things that might be. Good enough becomes today's watchword and tomorrow's standards. Complacency makes people fear the unknown. I've said this in the beginning. Mistrust of the untried and arbor, oh, arbor that the new. So like water, complacent people follow the easiest course downhill. 
They draw false strength from looking back. And the author of this, these words are anonymous. So what is the opposite of complacency? Newest refreshments and aliveness. Amos has sent the people to, of Israel not to condemn, but to the point where, to point way them forward. Amos preaches to teach the people to learn to live, to provide the joy of reality of their complacency. They forgot God, folks. They're so complacent about, about the goodness of the Lord and good, what the Lord has done for them. They be, became so much apathy between them and complacency. complacency. They forgot God all, totally. What a sad thing. So the people in Israel are living in a time where there were an incredible prosperity right here. So complacency means there, there is an, an awareness of danger around the corner. Let me tell you this way. You know what? It's like, like the guy I said that was cutting the wood with, uh, on, on that uh, and, uh, table saw. The danger is there the whole time. But you know why? He was so complacent that he forgot that that blade could cut him. It's the same thing. We get so complacent that we forget we have a great enemy called Satan. And you know what he's doing to you? Would do to you and me? He would come to kill and to destroy. That's what he does. We get so complacent that we even forget that he can do that. He can do that to me, and we forget about it. So the leaders of Israel were still religious, but their religion is a formality. Sadly, they are. Uh, there is much evidence in this uh, in this prophetic words of Amos that that, uh, that in the in a life of uh, easy and joy by the rich comes the, at the expense of the poor. The rich gets rich and the poor gets poor. But complacency can take two forms. Those that are at ease, they made it, made it in, and so that they sit back sipping lemonade by the pool in the shade while the, the world goes all around us and we are complacent to the things that goes around us. Let me say the same thing about the house of the Lord. We get so complacent that we forget even the very word of God. Maybe we don't do that. We know the value of God's word, don't we? Maybe we don't get complacent when it comes to our salvation. We think it's nothing. We get too complacent about it that we don't see how much Jesus suffered for us. We forget the suffering of the Lord Jesus. You know, why, that's why I like to do that thing on Friday, you know, on Good Friday, just to reflect on what God has done for us. We need to do that. So we don't come complacent about it. Oh, it's Easter time. Let's get the cookies and let's get the Easter bunnies and get, you know, let's go to the Easter, do the Easter egg hunt and we forget what Easter is all about. We become complacent about it. So same thing about Christmas. Same thing. We can go through the season about Christmas and we forget who we're celebrating, what we're celebrating, why we're celebrating. So we just go, oh, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to dress this way. I'm going to make some cookies. I'm going to do And we get so busy, we get so complacent that we forget that's Jesus' birthday. How sad is that? Here's how another person describes complacency. It invades areas once occupied by our passion, interest, desire, and focus. When complacent, when complacent value things that had captive our thought, our hearts, and energy tend to fade from priorities that can even become uh, a routine, and we've, we lost that zeal that we had. So, now letter A, under that, 
Third point, take corrective, corrective measures. Look what it says in Amos 6.1, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. See that? Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. The shame is not in the complacency, but in the failure to recognize nice complacency and take corrective measures to regain our focus. We see complacency in other in other so we see complacency in others so easily. For an example, the, 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 the college professor droning through another lecture or the person who, who experienced tragedy and can't quite get energy to enter life again. So we see complacency in the life of others. We forget that complacency can attack us as well. May we be careful with that. Let it be. Take the easy steps of awareness. Look what it says in verse 3. Ye, and that's Amos chapter 6, verse 3. Ye that put far away the evil day and cause the seat of violence to come near. So refuse to allow complacency to rule your life. Can you be complacent at home? Yes. Can you be complacent in your job? Yes. Can you be complacent in your car? Yes. You can... You can go to one direction and you find yourself in the opposite direction. And you say, how in the world did I got here? Ever happened to you? I'll give you an example. If I go somewhere south, if I go somewhere south, that's what I do every day, I have to be careful that I don't end up in my job. Because complacency would take you there. And you get there and you go, that's not their work today. What in the world am I doing here? <laughs> That's what complacency does. You're so complacent, you sit in your car, and your car would take you there. You go there, but you do it without even thinking. Complacency does that. So we need to be careful with complacency. I'm trying to say this. We have to be complacent. Be careful about complacency about the things of the Lord. Well, uh, it's Sunday. I'm going to church. Before you know, like... Uh, and you do everything in a complacent way without even devotion and love for God. And we just do it automatically. And sometimes you say, did I do that? Complacency. We need to be careful. So how? It takes the step of awareness. It does. So let us see. Uh, how do we cure complacency? We claim a vision for the future. Look at verse 11. In that day will I rise up the tabernacle of David that is falling and close up the breaches thereof. And I will rise up as, as ruins and I will build it as the day, as in the days of old. So imagine God restoring you to completion right here. We read about Amos and he said, that day I'll do that. You know what? How we get rid of complacency. Get a vision. Stop. Think about what you're doing. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> Think about what you're doing because it comes like that. We need to be careful so we don't end up in another part of town when you're driving your car. <laughs> Complacency. You lose things. You don't know where you put it. Because you keep doing it automatically. Let it be. Start caring about your neighbor. Mm. You say, what's got to do with complacency? Look at verse 3. He that put Far away the evil day and cause the seed of violence to come near. 
They lie upon beds of ivory and stretch thyself upon the, their couches and eat the lambs out of the flock and the caves out of the midst of the stall. That chant the sounds of, of vile and in, invent uh, to themselves instruments of music like David. That drink wine and in, bowl, in bowls and anoint themselves with the chief anointment. But they are not grieved for the afflictions of Joseph. You see... When we complace, we are complacent, we forget about the needs of others. We don't see it. You follow that? That's what they were doing. We don't see the needs of others. We're too complacent. We too, we, we, our minds, we don't even focus on that. We have one track mind, and that's where we're going. Complacency. Letter, a, letter E. Develop a passion for God. Did the passion went away? Did the passion die down? You find yourself, I don't read my Bible like I used to. I don't pray like I used to. I, 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 if somebody reads the Bible to me, it goes over my head. The preacher's preaching. I'm not listening a word. You know, develop a passion for God again. Listen, pay attention. Let it seek in your heart. Get that first love back again. Don't back that zeal, that zeal that you lost. Bring it back again. Look what it says. Amos chapter 5 verse 4. It says, For thou saith the Lord into the house of Israel, Seek ye me, and ye shall live. Verse 6 says, Seek ye the Lord, and ye shall live. You follow that? You know, we need to be careful that as we grow in our Christian life, and as the years go by, that we don't come too complacent, that we lose the zeal that we had when we first got saved, that we don't lose the love for the Lord, that we don't lose the passion to serve Him, and to say, Lord, here am I, sent me, Lord. May we be careful with that, because it's easy to get complacent about where we are, and we say, oh, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. You know, I listened to that message a thousand times. It's nothing new for me to learn. Be careful when we get there. You know why? Because we, we should never come to a point that we say, I arrived. I don't want to get to that point. I always say to, me, to the Lord, Lord, teach me. I still want to learn some more. Let E develop a passion for God, I give you that one, okay? And I, in conclusion tonight, I conclude with that. Uh, purposely getting out of, of our roots, uh, our complacency, it takes discipline. Claiming a vision for a better future, rest restoration, many start caring about those around us and purposely pursue the things of God. It takes discipline to get out of, of, of that, that, that complacency there and just say, Lord, I'm going to serve you. Help me when I get complacent. Help me. This is what I do. I said a couple of things in, uh, early. I said, you know what? If I'm listening to my Bible and I'm not listening anymore, I push the button. I'm done. Oh, but you didn't. I, well, I said to myself, but I didn't get to all the verses I want to get. It doesn't matter. I'm not listening. I'm getting too complacent. Somebody's reading. It's going over my head. It's just... It's like the person not even not even listen. I go to church. I'm not listening to the pastor. I'm not listening to the teacher. He's going over my head. I'm going to do something to start listening. I fall asleep in the chair. Sit in the edge of the chair. Stand up. They say, Pastor, what are people going to say if I stand up? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Because now I said, I don't want to be complacent and just go, this is a time for a nap. 
Well, there's a couple in our church, the First Baptist Church, that they sit right in the front for years. And one time they said something, the pastor said, well, they've been taking naps for years. <laughs> right the, they were right in the front pew uh, for the longest time. And so may we not get too complacent that, that we, we find suitable to hear the voice of the preacher and say, this is a good time for a nap right now. And that's complacency, folks. It's just like, I'm so comfortable with your voice. Oh, yeah, okay, go ahead, go at it. And to sleep they go. It was amazing. It amazed me all these people when I found that. Like, when we stood up, they stood up. <laughs> when they down, they stood up. I was hard to tell they were, they were napping because they were right in the front. Nobody could see. So it takes energy and purpose to go after God. So may this message tonight, may, may we understand the problem of the mind. You know? A mind that is complacent with things. And while we, we can hurt ourselves with that. We're so complacent. We can't do things to hurt ourselves. Because we, we did it so many times. So often that we do so automatically. We don't even think how we do it. And that's when we can get hurt. So we need to be careful about having a complacent mind. Well, let me put it this way. Complacency will rob your soul from learning the truths and the blessings of God. It will, because we will stop listening to the Word of God. Let's pray tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, so much for this passage of Scripture. Lord, as we continue on this series on the mind, may we understand the problem of uh, having a mind that is so complacent. Lord, this happens in our homes, happens in our cars, happens in the workplace, happens in church, Lord. It happens everywhere. Help us, Lord, not to be complacent. But they have a ready mind, always ready to learn and to hear your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. I'm going to sing a song tonight as we close our service. Page 485, Have Thy Own Way, Lord. Have thy own way, Lord, have thy own way. Thou art a potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yield it and still. Have thy own way, Lord, have thy own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now. As in thy presence, humbly I thy own way, Lord, have thy own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, oh power, surely is thine.
touch me and heal me, Savior divine. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the blessing of being in your house today. Thank you for this dear people that came this morning and those who are here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for their uh, attentiveness. Thank you, Lord, that they are faithful to you. They want to hear. They want to learn from you. And, Lord, help us that we don't have those types of minds or that we have the complacent mind. Help us not to have that, but to have a mind who's always ready to learn, a mind that wants to listen, a mind that is, is capable and want to say, Lord, teach me. I want to know more from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.